Hi. We're now <laughs> in what is called the graveyard. Not, not quite fall, but post-summer. But I'm just going to still wear white. I don't care. I'm a rebel. Yes, you are. So it's just Carl and I today. Just Carl and me today. Yes. It's, me and Lynn. It's, uh, so we're the duo. So my name is Carl Middleman. And I'm Lynn Venhouse. And guess what? On our show today, we're going to talk about It Chapter 2 coming up next. Then Brittany runs a marathon around minute 20. The Fiddler on the Roof documentary around minute 36. New DVDs and Blu-rays and streaming releases at minute 43. Movie news at minute 52. And then coming soon to your theaters. Well, I saw Brittany Runs a Marathon and the Fiddler on the Roof documentary. Oh, I didn't see any of that. Yeah. The only movie I saw was It Chapter 2. And you can go to the high point and get both of them. You can. So one stop, yeah, or Plaza Frontenac. So. Okay. Or you can go to the Skyview and watch Chapter 1 and Chapter 2 of It, which I suggest you do if you decide to see It. All right, let's talk about It. Yeah. Okay, well... You didn't see it? No, because I oh, didn't, you didn't cause, go. Because it was, you know. Lynn had a personal tragedy, ladies and gentlemen, and so we're giving her large amounts of slack this week. So, yes. Um, I wanted to see it. Well, but, you know. Do, do you want to say, uh, we miss your brother terribly? Thank you. Thank You're you. My, my brother, who had a, um, a incurable disease called multiple system atrophy, um, he, um, he, he passed away. So, we're, Lynn. You get a lot of slack on this. All right, so in September of 2017, Stephen King's It came out, and it was not called It Chapter 1. It was just called It because they didn't know if there was going to be a second chapter at the time. And everyone remembers, first of all, they remember the book because of the horrible clown Pennywise. And it's this book. (laughs) And it's it's a very, very thick book. And then everyone remembers the miniseries from 1990, where they had kids in part one and they had adults in part two. And the adults included Harry Anderson and John Ritter. And Tim Curry was memorable as Pennywise. And Tim Curry played Pennywise the Clown. But Bill Skarsgård plays Pennywise the Clown in It Part One and It Chapter Two. Technically, the first It from 2017 is just called It. Right. But now retroactively, it's Chapter One. Right. And so the... If you're familiar with the book, um, it takes place in two different eras, 27 years apart. When it was written, it did it, did it in current day. And then in the miniseries, it also did it in current day. And now in this movie, it does it in current day also, except it's 2016 because it takes place three years ago because they wanted to because they wanted it to be 80s. And one of the kids from Stranger Things is in the original movie. And so therefore, it makes sense to play on that nostalgia it was uh, the first one was scarier than i thought it was going to be and i the opening sequence is terrifying with little georgie yes and and bill skarsgård skarsgård who's stellan skarsgård's son and alex skarsgård's brother he was really impressive because mm-hmm. it's a more evil approach it's also um I read a story today why people are afraid of clowns. And people are afraid of clowns because you don't know the intentions of the clown. And some people don't like them because they think clowns are creepy. Other people think clowns are funny. But it's the not knowing if a cloud is scary, funny, or whatever 
is what makes people afraid of clowns. Well, I think post it, the book mm -hmm. started people thinking about evil clowns, and then we had. But insane... were clowns ever funny? No, my my chill, my one son, my youngest son, when a clown would approach him at a parade, he would scream bloody murder. Mm -hmm. So my kids never did like clowns. It's the fear, but. I think it ramped up because of social media. Mm -hmm. And remember that one town where that creepy guy was always holding a balloon and, and being seen. Didn't and John Gacy dress as a clown? And John, Ga oh, John Wayne Gacy, the serial killer, dressed as a clown. And then there's just been all this folklore about evil clowns. But I think Stephen King brought it to surface because that's what he's good at, bringing our fears and Stephen King makes an appearance in this movie in it, chapter, chapter two? two. Yes, uh -huh. I, I want to. I don't know if he was in the miniseries or not. I don't remember. See, that's another thing. You have nostalgia about these things from 1990, from almost 40 years now, 30 years ago, but you don't remember. You remember moments. You don't remember everything about it. You know the story, and you know the. They defeat the clown. Yeah, and I remember Tim Curry's voice distinctly. Mm -hmm. I remember John Ritter trying to grown up role because he was trying to break free from Jack Tripper's company, mm -hmm. and so he was taking that. I don't remember who the girl was. We should. Well, we can look that up, but yeah. we try not to do that. We try to get it in our head, and we just try to do it. So, but also that took place over the course of two nights. Yes, or a week, because back in the 1990s, I think they were still doing four or five part mini. Now a miniseries on television is at the max two or a limited series. See, that's what they do. Annette O'Toole. Oh, Annette O'Toole was and the Richard girl. Thomas. Okay, so a lot of a lot of famous people. Oh yeah, Richard Thomas. He was he Bill. No, he. Uh, let me see. Well, uh, he was Richie. Um, no, Harry. Harry Anderson was Richie. Yeah. Um, because he. Because in the book and in the miniseries, Richie becomes a DJ, a morning zoo wacky DJ. But in 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 the new version, Bill Hader is a stand-up comedian, which is okay. almost the same thing. And remember Dennis Christopher? He was Eddie. Okay. He was really big after breaking away, and then he just. Fell off the clip. Well, I actually brought notes today because okay, good. of who is who and everything. Ritter was Ben and Richard Thomas was Bill. And just as an aside, mm -hmm. Richard Thomas is going to tour in the touring production of the national tour of To Kill a Mockingbird as Atticus Finch. Ooh, nice. Because Jeff Daniels is not going to tour. Well, of course. Why would Jeff Daniels tour? But it's still a, a brilliant, well, he hasn't missed a performance. a performance on Broadway. I saw him Mother's Day in there. And he's got like so, he, he just loves being in the show. And he can interpret Aaron Sorkin's mm -hmm. dialogue like nobody else. You but, mean Harper Lee's story? Yeah. I but mean, it's Alan Sorkin. But, Aaron, well, Aaron you Sorkin. can tell when you see this, you'll know it's Aaron Sorkin. But it's a, a lot of walking and talking. Mm -hmm, but it's a brilliant adaptation. Okay, so Bill yeah, in the, back to it. Bill in the original in it chapter one was uh Jaden Martell, but he was Jaden but he was Jaden Lieberger in the I I don't but I guess he's going by a different name now. Really? Because IMDB had him as as Jaden Lieberger, but this is Jason Martell or not Jason, Jaden. And it's J A E D E N. It's Jaden. Because millennials have been, well, actually he's not a millennial, he's a generation Z. But it's James McAvoy in this one using an American accent. 
Oh wow! How's yeah. his American accent? It's it's fine. He's done it before. He's oh yeah, that's right because he did Eleanor Rigby and right. Uh, and then Ben, the overweight kid who becomes the hot, well, in we'll talk about that in a second. But uh, he's still hot. Uh, Jeremy Ray Taylor was the kid, and Jay Ryan from uh, he's on an Australian thing. But and I think he was on. Uh, I think he's like done some sci-fi stuff, but he he's really pretty. Uh, Beverly Marsh, Sophia Lillis, that was that was her breakout role, and then Jessica Chastain is playing Beverly in this in uh, It Chapter Two. Uh, Finn Wolfhard played Richie. That we already said. Bill Hader is the adult Richie. Uh, Chosen Jacobs plays Mike, and Isaiah Mustafa from the as Dan said the Old Spice commercials. <laughs> he is playing. The adult Mike. Uh, Jack Dylan Grazer plays Eddie. And then James Ransone, who was on The Wire. I want to say like Wire Season 2. And the way that they've cast these people, they are good. I, If Steve Carell was like in the office days, he would have been a good Eddie. But no, James Ransone's doing all right. Uh, Wyatt Olaf plays Stanley. And then Andy Bean plays Stanley. That was one of the things that I did not care for at the end of chapter one was the way they ended it. Because in the miniseries, they had a scene from later and they had they didn't have anybody cast because remember, as I said, they didn't know if there was going to be a chapter two. Right. And so they didn't cast any of the adults. And so they didn't want to do a scene. But I, I, I nothing against Andy Bean as Stanley. They could have had anybody in part one playing the Stanley role because the Stanley role is really very short, let's just say. And so uh, also they changed something from the book. In the book, Ben is the one that stays in town and he stays as the library and they change it to Mike. And so basically they switch. My, ben is now an architect, but Mike was the architect. And Mike's the one that stays in town in the movies, and I always thought, Max and I were talking about this the other night, Max on Movies. He and I said that Mike, in the first chapter and in this chapter, gets the short shift because he, not because he's the African-American kid, it's because they change Ben and Mike's roles, and Ben has a much bigger role, but Ben also has something else to do because he's in love with Beverly, and that that's always been a thing, so that's Ben's thing. Mike's thing is that he's the architect, and he has, he's doing, no, I'm, I'm screwing this all up, because they've changed Ben and Mike's, because Ben stays in town, and he still loses weight, but Mike's the big architect. And so I, I think they're still giving Mike's character the short shift. Uh, you also have uh, Henry Bowers, who's the town bully. In the part one, it was Nicholas Hamilton, and this one's Teach Grant. And he is annoying as hell in the first one, and he's a catalyst of a lot of things. And in this one, you don't think of what he's going to be doing. And there's also a problem with this movie because it is 11 minutes short of three hours. I just can't believe that, that they would do that. But I mean, I know King's books are so dense. They are. They're long. This movie has 98 people in the cast. 98 people. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's it's a cast of thousands. Well, you know why? And this is one of the things that I like about It Chapter 2. 
they bring the kids back. They have scenes that were not in the, I don't know if they were shot later, if they were shot before, and they had it because the kids are back, and that is a great thing about this movie because if it was just the adults, you wouldn't need to think about the kids anymore. It would be good for like one flashback, but the kids are in this one a lot, which is also another reason why it's three hours long. There are some scenes from the book that you do not get, like Beverly's husband does not come to town, even though our buddy Max believes that they did shoot that because they have Beverly's husband at the beginning of the movie. And so he thinks that they shot that because it's already two hours and 49 minutes. They had to cut some things. And I, he thinks there's a director's cut out there or an extended version out there that is even longer than this. And you know what? I'm curious. I'm going, I, I am cheating. I'm looking at my notes. I'm seeing how long it chapter one is because none of the kids that are all now grownups remember anything about what happened in it. They've all blocked it out of their mind. They've all, uh, it's traumatic childhood. So they sure. don't remember anything about what's what happened. And so they all have to be reminded. And when Mike calls everybody one by one, they all have visceral reactions. All right. The first movie was two hours and 35 minutes. So it was also pretty long. So this means that it is a five hour and 20 minute movie. No, it's a five hour and 25 minute slog through both of these. And it's like the, the miniseries that had, uh, you know, um, everybody that um, we we're just talking um, about. Jaden Lieberher. Mm-hmm. That was his former name. And he, now he is Jaden Martell. But they don't give an explanation. They don't say why. No. Okay, that's fine. But he's in it a lot, too, as Bill. And James McAvoy doesn't have a stutter until he gets back to Derry. Oh. And I would recommend that you see it. If, because it's been... I didn't see it before. Because it, it's been a year and a half. Right. It's been almost two years. I have forgotten some of it. Exactly. And, and so, I, but I was I a fan of the book, and I was a fan life. of the miniseries, and I, you are not going to remember a lot of the stuff. And they're like, wait a minute, did they talk about this before? I would suggest going to the Sky, the view. Sky view and watching one and two back to back because it would make a lot more sense. One theater is going to, I one screen is going to have the two first and one. one and yeah, and then the other one's going to reverse it. So it just depends what you want. Like it, if you see two and you go, I think I need to see one again. You then can. You just stay right or there. Or start at the beginning and watch one and two. And it's starting earlier now. The box office opens at 7 and it starts at 8.30. But you know what? That's not a bad idea. No, not at all. Um, let's talk about what our buddy, our buddy Dan saw it. He was going to take you with him. He said he thought it was scarier than the first one. But there's a heartfelt connective tissue that runs through the first one that wasn't as strong in the second one. And he doesn't think it ended well. I thought the ending was fine because it's true to actually, you know, the book. Uh, Max didn't think it wasn't as scary as the first one. And he thinks that the ending is a letdown. And he also hates the fact that Mike uh, isn't as strong as he was. He also is upset because he's a Stephen King fan sure. that in the book they explores Pen they explore Pennywise past and they don't really do that in here 
or Pennywise feelings and how everything's going in Pennywise's what's going on in his stick sick demented it head and you don't get any of that um but Max also thought there was too much CGI at the end but then the first one had the same thing too yes. it's it's also weird because they go to this scene and they like it's the same scene from chapter 1 and they're like oh wait we need to go down farther. I'm like, oh, so you just didn't go down far enough. And it's... The sewer just, to me, in the first one, just drug forever. And then the CGI, I agree. I thought, like, the second part was just, like... The first part was so terrifying. And it sucks mm-hmm. you in. And then it was, like, all the CGI and all this, like, padding. And it, it to me, the kid's story and... Especially Beverly mm-hmm. with her abusive father. Yes, and he makes an appearance in this one as well in a flashback. That is far more compelling than a bunch of CGI in the sewer. Mm. Well, uh, you got to have both, I know. But, mm-hmm. you know, you there's such a thing as editing. <laughs> and uh, and I, I, I like both of these movies. I think they tell the story very well. I do like some of the things they change rather than the... Uh, I, I like that they have a blood oath rather than what they did in the actual book. And Stephen King's like, yeah, that was a little too much. And if you're not familiar with it, it's gross. And we don't need to talk about it right okay, now. Okay, we won't. And so I liked it, chapter two, but it is long. And it could have it could have been. I would like to see if they make a longer version like like the miniseries like instead of chapter one and chapter two you have one uh magnum opus because that would be something that you could watch as a miniseries because there are there are natural stopping points because you know what that's how they did it in the book they have chapters in the book and it could be done that way uh, a lot of people are talking about bill Hader and jessica chastain i i i i Cannot disagree with what they says, but I also think that Jay Ryan and James McAvoy and Isaiah Mustafa and uh, Jane, the other Jay James the Jen, the Jen. James James yeah, okay. Ransone. I yeah. I thought they all did a great job, and this, and they are perfect complements to their kids' characters, and especially when you see them in the movie when they are having scenes playing off of each other, even though they're not in the same scene. It's it's really well done, and I, I commend the casting director for getting all these people, and especially Bill Hader is really good as Richie, but I, I, I don't think – this is an ensemble performance, and I think it is it is very well ensembled because I don't think there are standout people. I think everybody has their moments, and none are – let's say none are worse than the others. There might be some that are better, but they're not any that are worse. And so I hope you finally see this movie. I do too. I hope so. And it sounds intriguing and and I'm interested. Yeah, based on the feedback. Usually in a movie there's pros and cons, which leads me to Brittany Runs Marathon. Let's talk about Be- Brittany Runs yeah, a Marathon. Yeah, because that has p- pros and cons. I will say Hold that. on a second. Hold on a second. Sure. Hold on. Hold on. My wife needs. Brittany Runs a Marathon. Yes. Yeah, so. This is an Amazon Studios film that comes out today, but so it will, is it on Amazon? Not yet, but okay. it'll be on Amazon September twenty third. Okay, so they're releasing it to theaters for right. It was limited. The, yes, it was a Sundance hit. It won the Audience Award drama. Well, I like Sundance. Jillian Bell. I think she's very funny. 
and she there, was on Workaholics. Right, and and she was a writer for SNL. She was. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, and she also well, I did my research. Uh-huh. And then she was in. She made a big splash in Twenty Two Jump Street. Like, right. She pretty much stole the movie. And then she's also wasn't she in one of those uh, female ensemble movies too? She was in Rough Night. Rough Night. Okay. With Kate McKinnon and and uh, whoever else was in that. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, she was in Sort of Trust. Her and Michaela Watkins played the lesbian couple, and she's the one that gets the the uh, Civil War sword. Yes, 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 inherit, yes, yes. Inherited to her, so she's been making quite. She's in a lot of movies, mm-hmm. and she's known for her improv and her comedy. And uh, she and Mark Maron were on James Corden, Corden the other night. So you know, so she's a rising star. She's getting great reviews on this. She is very good. Uh, this movie is very millennial. I just want to say really? that. Really? Yes, very gen. They're millennials. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, I I know quite a few of them. <laughs> but this is based on a true story, and the director writer knew a friend of his named Brittany, mm-hmm. who was aimless and overweight and pretty uh snarky mm-hmm. and just like Brittany. Yeah, just like Brittany in the movie. And uh she decided to run the New York City Marathon. Mm-hmm. And I just happened to know a little bit about the New York City Marathon because my son ran it last year. Oh, did he? Yes, because he was a fi- uh, Charlie was a five-year cancer survivor, mm-hmm. and he ran it for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. You can do that? You can run for a cause? Yeah. In fact, uh, the movie brings this out. Like, one of her friends gets in the lottery, which Charlie's girlfriend, Maria, did. She got in the lottery. So, wait a minute. You, ha- you can't – they don't just take everybody? No. I am not familiar no, well, and like actually, Boston and New York, and yeah, no, they don't take everybody. Um, you have to apply because there's so many people that want to run it. Yeah, and it's all through all five boroughs. It's right. it's 26 miles through, uh, Staten Island. You go across the uh, Verrazano Narrows Bridge. That's mm-hmm. how you start it. And in the movie, they show her running this. But what they don't tell you is like, because I had to learn this last year, the first patch is like. You know, the Olympic runners from Kenya mm-hmm. and all those world-class runners. Right. They go first. Well, yeah. Because they're going to be fast. Right. And then the second batch is like, I guess, a lot of people have done this before who are right. super runners. Well, like the normal experienced people. runners. Right. Not and, the novices. Right. And then the third batch is like the people that the got... The huddled masses <laughs> yearning to breathe free. <laughs> right. Who got in the lottery, who like... um are running for charities. I think the second batch also people are running for charities, but that's how you get in. Like Charlie had to make so much for his oh, charity. Oh, so it's easier to get in the. It's either easier to win the lottery if you're playing for a charity, or do you get in for a charity no matter what? No, if you yeah you get in for a chariot a chariot um charity chariot you get in for a charity if you raise the money they tell you to okay raise. all right. All yeah. right. See, I, I don't know anything about this. Yes. I've only run virtual marathons. I've now run two virtual marathons. And by the way, the Star Wars uh, 2020 virtual marathon, you, that is now open today. Well, so. very cool. So this is, I, yeah, I didn't know any of this stuff. This is a huge process, this New York City Marathon. And they have a little app, which kind of they show you in the movie because her friend's watching the progress. But like I could follow Charlie Maria all yeah, last year. My, my like, sister-in-law does yeah. it too. And my wife follows her. And like they have CC cameras that you can watch closed circuit 
TV cameras that you can watch certain corners, and when you see one, someone's going to pass that corner, you can watch them. Yeah, it's really amazing. It's really well done because they're all wearing a RIFD chip or right. RFID chip. Right. They have those chips. and then Radio frequency. Um, and then they actually get to stop and uh, get water and, and bananas, and there's porta-potties. Yes. So And so. people running... Well, you run by the thing and they hand you the water. That's the that's the trope. Like if someone's doing a running thing, you have to have somebody running by there catching the water. So it's this huge process. But, get but next, how, so, but how yeah. long of the actual running the marathon is the movie? The last 10 minutes? Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's not much, but she does okay, train. So it starts, so, it starts in Staten Island and it goes – does it go to Manhattan yet or does it go to the Bronx? Um, it it kind of shows her – um, starting out, mm-hmm. and then they don't um, in the they don't show the Bronx or Brooklyn no, and they show anything. towards the end, okay. towards the end, and her friends cheering where her does, on. Where does it end? Um, it ends in in uh, no, it ends in Central Park. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it ends in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. she goes. So it goes around. It goes from Staten Island to Brooklyn, the Bronx. Yeah, it shows and- you the route. And actually, you do Brooklyn kind of twice. It's kind of mm-hmm. weird, but you go Staten Island, Bronx. Brooklyn, and then you come around, and then you're in Manhattan, and there's all these different, like they call it the wall of. There's all these little. We missed a borough in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What did we miss? Staten Island, Brooklyn, Brooklyn, the Bronx, Queens, Queens. That's it. That's it. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. that's uh, that's there's a king there. That's right. There's the king of Queens, and um, there's uh, it's very famous all the different routes, and it's very famous the whole thing and it's just very prestigious and it's just a very grueling course actually mm-hmm. and uh she gets it in her head well actually okay so let's backtrack okay so yeah that doesn't take place in the last 10 minutes of the movie so right. she's her life is a mess yeah she's and totally she smokes slacker. and she drinks and yeah totally slacker and she works at an usher in an off-Broadway theater, and she thinks she's hilarious. Her manager's like, no, no, no. And Wait, she's an usher, but she wants to be a performer. No, nah, it doesn't really go anywhere. She just feels, she says something about how her life has no direction. And, you know, she has, uh, she lives in a crappy apartment with this roommate who's a YouTube, not a YouTube, but an Instagram uh, whore. In, in, <laughs> an Instagram influencer. Yeah, yeah. I said whore. You said whore, but but she is. But she's a whore, and she's real narcissistic. Anyway, they just they just have these horrible, um, very uh, self-absorbed lives, Mm -hmm. or you know, they're just. So at first it starts out funny, but then it doesn't get funny because Mm. she's not. She's very tough because I think if you live in New York and you're a female, you have to be tough, right? But also, uh, she just is as many millennials are. Because, you know, life has no filter to them, mm-hmm. and they live out loud. Just kind of annoying that she's so... She's not necessarily a likable character. No, But no. she's not supposed to be a likable character. This is her running the marathon supposed to get her life back in order, right? Right. And what's good about the movie is it isn't all these little, like, tie-it-up sitcom-y stuff. Mm-hmm. She's... She has setbacks and she has a lot of the stuff going on and she is particularly there's this one scene she humiliates one of her sister 
and brother-in-law played by the great Lil Rel Howery. Mm-hmm. I love that guy. Anyway, from uh, Get Out, yeah. and, and Lil Rel's show, and yeah, he, wasn't he? He was just what was he just in? He was just in uh, Good, Good Boys. Boys. He's one of the, he's married to Retta. One of the he's one of the parents of the kids. Right. So she is forced to crash at her sister's house, which she doesn't want to do, and they're having a birthday party for Lil Rel. Uh, no, yeah, 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 that for him. And uh, uh, there's an overweight female guest, and she cruelly humiliates this woman, and it's horrible. Well, hold on, yeah, Jillian Bell is not that small. No, she isn't that well. That's why it was like all her self loathing, like her character. So she was talking, she was just saying all the things that people say to her, yeah, because she's at this bar, and I think this guy says something. Well, the doctor, she goes to see this doctor because he's supposed to be cheap, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he tells her, Hey, you, you are, uh, you know, pretty much on the obese scale, and she doesn't like what she's hearing. But then she goes to a gym that's Mikey Day from SNL, yeah. is, is the guy giving her, like, well, for this much money this is what you get and she's like but i can run outside right and it's free Mm -hmm. and her neighbor is michaela watkins who plays her wife in sort of trust Mm -hmm. and they call this woman moneybags martha and she and her friend and uh martha's always running Mm -hmm. always training and they're just annoyed because she's one of those fitness buffs yeah but then she starts working out with Moneybags Martha, who has a name called Catherine is a real name. Mm-hmm. And then Micah Stock plays Seth. He is uh, gay and has two kids with his husband. And I just want to sit back. To, Micah Stock uh, was Tony nominated for It's Only a Play, which starred Nathan Lane and all these heavyweights, mm-hmm. Stocker Channing and oh, the wow. redheaded kid from And he's Harry the one that got Potter. the nomination? And he's the one that got Rupert nomination. Grint. Yeah. And uh, Matthew Broderick and and uh, Stocker Chase. So I actually saw that on Broadway because you know my bucket list was see Nathan Lane on Broadway. Mm-hmm. But Nathan Lane and Megan Mullally bailed the night I was there. Oh. So Nathan Lane is now dead to me. I just want to say well, that. Also, but- you know what? I saw the producers in London the day after Matthew Broderick and Nathan Lane went. Oh. Left. I saw them the day after their last day, but I didn't know that at the time. I'm like, oh, we're going to the producers because they still had the, all the posters up that said, yes. I mean, it was still a great show, but it, it wasn't. So the takeaway from that was Micah Stock. I was like, this guy stole the show mm-hmm. from everybody. And then he was the one that got, got the nominated. Tony nomination. So now he's in a few movies. So he plays Seth and they are trying to encourage Brittany they're trying to, like, you know... Because she's running now with right, Moneybags Martha. Right. Well, she just does a block, and she's winded and out of shape and everything, and then she does two blocks the next day. So she starts getting fit and, and New York weight. City's blocks are really long. Oh, they are. Yeah. As my son says, a street block or an avenue block. Mm-hmm. There are three avenue blocks, okay. which are twice as long as street blocks. Yes. So she starts getting fit. She loses 34 pounds, but she's not getting this validation like her bitchy narcissistic roommate that's on instagram she needs likes and if she finishes a marathon she will get the likes yeah and so it's just all this stuff so she, her life is just Does she have to finish the marathon or she just want to do it for herself so is it not for herself yeah she wants to do it for herself okay but uh, she's just having because you know she it doesn't overnight become this she doesn't overnight become mary tyler moore on mary tyler moore show let's okay. put it like that okay she's this just a mess. Horrible person. Yeah, what is it called? Hot mess? Hot she's mess. a hot mess. She's a hot mess. And she's not learning that much. But 
she has a friend, Jern. Jern. Who is an, um, oh, his real name, I'm going to so screw this up. Yeah. He is really funny. And, oh, it's Utkarsh Ambudkar. Okay. And I forget what he's known for, but he's known, he's one of those, com- you know, there's a lot of these comedian guys that are in movies and you mm-hmm. see them all the time, but you don't know who they are. So. He is one of them. Yes. Yeah, so she, uh, so it's just her messy life and how she's just trying to be, improve, self-improvement. It's not like my one son said, is this a family movie? It seems like a family. I go, oh no. It's very millennial, and it's also a lot of not, cursing. Yeah, well, not a lot, but it is. Um, yeah, I would say because it's R for language, sexuality, and some drug drugs. Use. Yeah, so because, I'm, because you have to show that she's an alcoholic and she drinks and does a lot of smoking pot, and so therefore her life's a mess. Right, that's it, shorthand yes. for her life's a mess. And it's not just a you know fitness wellness movie like you know oh this is uh, the poster girl for look what I did mm-hmm. you know because it does but it's very earnest. I will say kind of midway it turns it becomes more dramatic. Mm-hmm. And that's why a lot of she's getting a lot of awards nomination buzz for her turn because she is a good well, actress. You, you talked to some people that thought that this was a very strong female performance, right? And she plays this character as vulnerable. She's not as tough as you think, but mm-hmm. she's acting tough. She's very prickly personality, and so it just depends if you you know some people don't mind that. Okay. It just took it took a while to to get. To warm up to her. How about that? Okay. Okay. So, but it is a good movie. Did you, did you warm up to her? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just, and it, and I think it was because it wasn't all wrapped up so neatly. Okay. You know, it isn't like all of a sudden, you know, she, she like. She gets a boyfriend. She, and, and she, you know, beats the Kenya runners. And, and she, <laughs> she gets a boyfriend and she, she's nice to her family and then all that. Right. And, and so. she loses 34 pounds, but she does lose 34 pounds. Yeah, so well, she actually loses more. At the, is she wearing like a fat suit or is it makeup or they just bulk her up? I think uh, uh, they did a really good job on the face makeup. Okay. Making her uh, pudgy. Mm -hmm. And then she wears really odd clothes in the beginning, like these yellow sweatpants that don't do her any favors. So I figured that was a fat suit, you know, kind of thing. And then she... You know, she looks good. I mean, she doesn't automatically become this skinny, you know, Weight Watchers model. But no, model. she's she's not a like rail thin girl. I mean, she's Boy. she's not big. No, but she just looks healthy, right? And healthy then the is running, a good word for yeah. It. And then the running helps her, and it just shows her struggles. But it it is very human because not we're not all likable all the time, are we? Mm, I don't know about that. no. So. <laughs> <laughs> and then sit. It's it avoids those sitcom cliches mm-hmm. and stuff but it's one of those indies that's fascinating because this isn't your typical story and remember a couple of years ago when kate hudson was starring as like all these romantic comedies with yes. these millennials trying to get jobs and they're mm-hmm. all living on roof you know like they're partying on rooftops in manhattan yes. and i'm like who has this kind of money it shows that uh, you know, it shows the real people life of a millennial, mm-hmm. you know, that they're working crappy jobs and they're not making that much money and they live in these, you know, 
I understand. Yeah. So so actually, it's so good. you and like for, it. Yeah. For, for I gave it a B. So okay. that's good. And the writer director, it's his first time. So good start. Yeah. And then we have the documentary, which is for us movie theater geeks. I'm sorry if uh, you know it's like oh fiddler, but I will tell you this: it is a must see for anybody who loves musical theater. But also, if you are interested in history and cultural changes and uh, things like that. The movie is called Fiddler, Miracle of Miracles. How does a movie, how does a musical in 1964, when the world was having this huge cultural upheaval mm-hmm. about a dairyman in Imperial Russia, right? how does that speak to us? Why is it 50 years later, people think it's about them? Because he had five daughters. Five daughters, yeah. because anybody who's a parent will recognize that. Anybody who feels like an outsider, the Anatevka Jews, mm-hmm. will feel like they do. It's got the melody, the dance, the, you know, why does it resonate? Because it's about family and home. Now, does the, okay, does the documentary, I've always, there are people that like Topol, and those are there are people that like Zero Mostel. Does this take a side in that, or no? No, no. It shows a lot of them. In fact, in the beginning, okay, Joel Gray just directed on Broadway a Yiddish version, mm. and so they interview him. But the beginning, what I love about this so much is because I've been in Fiddler, I've directed Fiddler, I've seen it so many times at the Muni, at stages, at everywhere you can just see at it the in Fox. Louis. Yes, and 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 they keep getting new ways to tell the story, like. Fresh choreography and stuff, mm-hmm. but the original had the Jerome Robbins choreography. But those opening strains of the violin, da-da-da-da-da. the fiddler Da-da-da. on the roof, they start that with a guy playing in a park, the opening, and it just takes you back. And when I did it at CBC, it was uh, a young lady. Yeah, well, at my all-girls high school, it was a young well, lady dre- with a fake beard. No, no, this was a, they didn't do anything to her, and I would say her name. But uh, I want I cannot talk about her. I love her so much. Okay. But no. But what character were you? I was the rabbi. All right. I, I was, was the rabbi. I was grandma's idol. And I pushed I was, you around on roller skates. Yeah, and I was. Well, I didn't have that. But, well, no, no. But, at CBC, grandma had roller skates, so I could just because in I the one I just saw at the box, she was in a wheelchair. But this one, we didn't have room for a wheelchair on the stage, so we just put the grandma on roller skates and i pushed her around yeah well i had i had somebody lift me to oh. do the screaming like mm-hmm. but and then i was a mom too in the chorus and then uh backstage because we were you know in 1972 uh catholics didn't know that much about you know jewish religion mm-hmm. and for a sabbath prayer they had put baskets of bagels on each of the tables and we had never had bagels in Belleville yet because it was 1970 I would say rehearsal was 1971 mm-hmm. and so we ate all the bagels backstage oh well of course and they were all upset with us but getting back to the Broadway getting and then back. it shows uh, it shows Danny bursting but but the point do you they have I, Zero Mostel and Topol they Tope, have everybody Topol have, from the movie and Zero Mostel right, from the play right well they have archival footage Bette Midler was one of the daughters really in the first production on Broadway um, but another point is because we're talking about our high school productions of Fiddler. Uh-huh. Who hasn't been in Fiddler right. or knows somebody who has or has seen it multiple times? I right. mean, has anybody not seen it that goes to theater? The, the If not, they still know what it is, and they probably know at least, th- I would say, at least three songs. Right. 
because of just cultural osmosis, you know, you know, sunrise, sunset, and you know, uh, if I were a rich man and matchmaker, uh, matchmaker, yeah. and then maybe match. to life and everything. Well, I am. Yeah, and then they show Danny Burstein, who was uh, Tony nominated as Fiddler, and it, I think his was like five years ago. They've uh-huh. had five revivals on Broadway, and Danny and how Burstein many times stone, won a Tony. And they show, yeah, they show him walking into the theater and signing in, and he stands there and he goes, "Sounds crazy, no? A Fiddler on the, you know?" And so uh-huh. he goes, "Because we love our home, Anna Tevka." And then they go into all these different productions. They go into the original writers on TV. They show an inner city school in New York doing Fiddler. Mm-hmm. As I said, who doesn't you mm-hmm. know do Fiddler? And uh, it's just a very wonderfully dense documentary about the pull of that story. It sucks you in mm-hmm. because just when I think, oh, I've seen it enough, I don't need to see it again. And I'm at the Muni and I'm sitting there and you hear the music and it just sucks you in and then you're laughing and crying. Mm-hmm. Because it does. It just does that to you. It makes people laugh. It makes people cry. It's just one of those cultural touchstones. For 10 years, it was the longest running Broadway show until... Grease? Yeah. And then Cats. And then... What is it now? It's a Phantom. Phantom now? Okay. Mamma Mia and Wicked and Lion King are creeping up. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, Lion King is still... Is Lion King still running? Lion King is still running. Lion King is the top grossing well, yeah. musical because it's like of all time because, <laughs> because it's been all over the world. So mm-hmm. when people say longest running, it's still Phantom, but the top grosser is still Lion King. That's because they... Because it tours. <laughs> oh, my God. And it's yeah, all over Phantom the world. Phantom tours, too. Phantom keeps touring. But, you know, really, okay, people, Chandelier falling down, really? That's, hey, the, eh. the Fox just did it here, too. I know. And, well, they did that sequel. Yes. Yeah. Oh, oh, that poor misguided sequel. Oh, okay. You know, okay. We don't need so, to talk yeah, about we don't know Let's talk, let's yeah, talk yeah, about yeah, a good see, musical. Yeah, so you enjoyed see. it, and it brought back memories, and they all flooded back to you. Right. And I think it would be really nice to see in the back lot, which is what where it's showing starting today. I think it would be really very intimate. And if you have theater pals mm-hmm. and you want to go, but it's also it's uplifting. And who doesn't like an uplifting? No. Documentary. Right? Because we see enough of those terrible, tragic documentaries. Right. So, yeah. But this is, like they asked me on KTRS last night, what about people that have only a passing knowledge of theater? Well, that's passing knowledge. Yeah. It's just, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what people would like, but I personally like the diversion of it because it's, and it's very well made. Mm -hmm. And I think that uh, it will register with a lot of people. All right. Let's talk about um, DVDs. Don't rent or do stream Men in Black International. Don't. Just don't. There you go. All right. And then uh, Ma. Which uh, I haven't seen. Uh, Ma was fine. Ma was fine. It, it's very gross and disgusting at the end. I think Danny liked it uh, a lot more than I did. And then Booksmart. Watch it. Rent it. Stream it. Buy it. You know, because Booksmart. of your recommendation and because I wanted to see it so bad and I never did. That's Top of my list this weekend. Booksmart. Just see it. You will enjoy it. And it's a good 
year for teen movies. You know, you have Good Boys and you have Booksmart. They are, I mean, one is high school and one is middle school, but they are very, very well done. And I, they're... I normally I'm like, oh, you like a lot of kids movies. Well, technically, <laughs> technically these are kids movies and I they are kids movies and I like them very much. I like Good Boys and I like Booksmart. You should see them both. And Good Boys is still doing pretty good at the box office. It's doing pretty well. I like it. I know. I told I told people to see Peanut Butter Falcon who didn't even hear of it. Right. And they're thanking me now. Good. Yes. So so there are good uplifting movies. movies when people go, oh, there's nothing at the movies. My wife see. went and saw Good Boys with a bunch of her girlfriends because they hadn't seen it. And they... Because they they were debating on whether to see uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Good Boys, or something else that my wife really did not want to see. And I said, you guys should see Good Boys. You're going to laugh. And they did. And it was good. I love when we get to tell people what to see because my two girlfriends, they go every Tuesday for that. Uh, Five dollars. Yeah, yeah. They go and they have a whole routine, a whole ritual. So they're sitting there uh, last Sunday at, and they're going, okay, what about Angel Has Fallen? I go, oh, no, 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 no. And then they go, good boys. I go, oh, because they're good both boys. parents of boys. Okay, but also good boys could offend some people, though. Yeah, I thought my one friend might be offended, but the other one. But, well, no, because then when they go, what is this, Peanut Butter Falcon? I go, oh, that's the one you should see. Mm -hmm. And then they just wrote me and said, thank you, great recommendation. Good. So, yeah, so how about that? But, yeah, no, I think if you have children, and and you had, you know, tween, you just got Mm -hmm. out of the tween years, and then mine were a long time ago, but you can recognize those girls and boys and good boys like nothing. Right. I mean, it's still, you know, no matter how many generations, (laughs) there's still that that growth, that hormone, Mm -hmm. that whatever, and you just identify Unless you're in a family like them that follows. No. <laughs> and then then we have to talk. Okay. You know, and what else is there at the... the oh, um, you meant you wanted to mention that Apollo 11's at the IMAX theaters for free on September 9th. Yeah, isn't that nice? It is. How do you get tickets for that? Uh, is it a Fathom event? You know, I just saw an ad for it when, you know how you pull up things and it goes, mm-hmm. oh, Apollo 11, free at the IMAX. And I think you probably go to the, the theaters that have the IMAX, go to them and see when it is and see how you get the tickets. Okay. Because, yeah. Now, is it going to be at the Science Center or is it just going to be at Ronnie's and the Galaxy? I don't know. It's at IMAX theaters. Okay. Well, uh, technically the uh, Galaxy is not an IMAX theater. The only one is Ronnie's. And does AMC have a have an IMAX in town? I don't think they do. Uh, that's a Chesterfield one, right? Mm, uh, no, Chesterfield MC? is Marcus. Oh, the AMC Chesterfield? I think so, because Tom uh, Tom uh, Stockman loves that theater. Okay, well he maybe says they that's do. the best. I I don't I didn't know if they had one or not. Well, yeah. Now we do. Yeah. So so I think that's good. And then um, I know it's. September 11th on mm-hmm. Wednesday. Yes. So I don't know if there's anything planned for that. But uh, just as an aside, what has there been a good movie about September 11th? I did not see United 93. That's my favorite so far. But you can't really say it's your favorite because it's so realistic. But it's so well done. And it was nominated for Best Picture back when they had five. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I did not see that one. Um, I... 
there aren't are there that many? Oh, what's the what's the Tom Hanks one about the kid? Is that a September? Yeah, 11th that movie? is, but no, it's not good. Oh, that's uh, the up close and, and personal. It's got a different name. It's got uh, oh yeah, because that's cause Robert it's Sandra Redford. Bullock looking, and and then they go through all the burrows, and it's so far removed from what you think it's going to be. Extremely close, and very personal. Uh, it no, don't don't even yeah. look it up, because you know what? It doesn't matter because no one's out seeking September 11th movies. No, they're not. They no, should, they're not. Or they shouldn't be. Well, that one documentary that they they ran on TV like a year later that the French guys did because they were at that firehouse anyway. Mm-hmm. That is compelling, and you hear the people, you hear the bodies hitting the Mm. stuff and it's very you know upsetting but it is a really good documentary the uh tv show rescue me yes has is is based on that yeah and has they have that yes i broke up with rescue me after like season four right when michael j fox joined the show because and i I love dennis leary i love i've watched him on the job i've watched i started watching rescue me it was just too much because it was always the same thing. Here's what happened on Rescue Me. Uh, he's a jerk, but every woman that is a guest star falls in love with him, and then he breaks up with her and then just goes and has sex with his ex-wife. It's, it, is, it, it was just too much for me, and I broke up with it. before I didn't follow it all the way through. But Dean Winter was really good on that show. I liked him. Well, yeah, a friend of mine really liked it, and I inherited when he passed. I inherited his collection, but I will say I haven't watched it. But. The first couple of seasons are good, it, but then it just it's the same story every single time. Hey, there's going to be a female guest star. I'm like, oh, guess what? Dennis Leary's character is going to sleep with her. Yeah, I can see that. The uh, There were or a couple movies, The World Trade Center, which introduced me to Michael Pena, who's one of my favorite character actors. Mm-hmm. When we were talking about Thomas Hayden Church the other day, I think if you see Michael Pena's name on anything, you know you're in for a good performance. Mm-hmm. Even he was when, in Dora. Yeah, even when the movie's not too he good. He has a great scene in Dora try, when he's acting like he's at a rave. That is a great scene, and it's a good character piece for him. And he was so good in the Ant-Man movies. Yes. And he was brilliant. End of Watch. Yes. End of Watch with Jake Gyllenhaal. Just so overlooked. That was one of those movies that came out at the end of the year that year, and it was fell through the cracks. We often have that, mm-hmm. where they don't, we don't screen it, or they don't give it to us, or whatever, and it just goes by the wayside, and then people discover it later mm-hmm. on you know one of the streaming services but there was world trade center wasn't that nicholas cage i don't i i honestly do not seek out september 11 2001 movies honestly i don't yeah that was in the mid 2000s and it wasn't very good but it was about a couple guys trapped in their families and then there was uh this pierce brosnan robert pattinson movie and it was the first movie that Robert Pattinson made after the Twilight Buzz. Mm-hmm. And this is before he became the indie king that he is now. Right. Is he... What What movie did I see a preview for last night that he's going to be... Oh, he's going to be in the new uh, Christopher Nolan movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With uh, J.D. Washington. Yeah. But the only person they show in the trailer is John David Washington. <laughs> yeah. Well, now he's... Yeah. He's Tenet, he, I believe it's called. 
Okay, he's huge. But uh, so, yeah, so that's it. So the, the, that is a day a lot of times that people are reverent mm-hmm. and uh, respectful and they're, you know, it's, it's just a different kind of day. But well, I have a friend who got married on that day in 2000 and 2000. And two, they got married the year before, so that was their wedding anniversary. Because, because of the leap year, it was a Saturday the year before. So, damn it. Yeah, well, I know people with a birthday. Oh. But what are you going to do? Right. You know, that's your birthday. And uh, it's just one of those things. Just like when John F. Kennedy, mm-hmm. um, uh, you September know, 22nd. It, you know, yeah, November 22nd. And that madman has that whole theory, has that whole plot line when uh, John Slattery's daughter's wedding is the same day as uh, the Kennedy assassination. Yeah. And I didn't know that. Yeah, it's 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 a, it's if you if you need to watch Mad Men, that's a, that's an early plot on that. So we don't have too much going on this weekend, and I don't know why it's one of those. It's because it's the weekend after Labor Day, right? <laughs> Everyone did everything last weekend, right? And the Toronto International Film Festival kicks off. Yeah, well, it kicked off yesterday, September fifth, and it runs through September fifteenth. And this is all the hot buzz fall movies. The award bait. Yeah, the Oscar bait. And that's what the attention is. So we're not there yet. We're not there where we're going to start seeing those movies. However, next week, we're going to have The Goldfinch. No, we're not. Well, we're not seeing it. We're not going to get to see it. But that's what starts. And then Hustlers, based on the true story with... Well, it's based on an article. Okay. It's based on an article. In fact, uh, who is going to see... Is it Claire Danes? playing the uh, article writer. She's following these girls around. Oh, is it Claire Danes or is it? I think it's Claire. No, it's not Claire Danes. It's it's not Kirsten Dunst. It's one of those. <laughs> it's one of one those. One of those people. Okay. And then uh, Official Secrets. It, which it's not is, Claire Danes. It's who's the born. I, I, didn't we have this discussion the other day? The born identity. Julia Stiles. Julia Stiles. Apologies to all three of you ladies getting you mixed up. Julia Stiles is playing the reporter that is following these strippers that are taking advantages of all the men. So that's what Hustler is about. It's – wait, Hustlers. Yeah, it's Hustlers. Hustler is the magazine. The Hustler is Paul Newman and and Jackie Gleason. This is just Hustlers. Yes, and then we have Official Secrets, the whistleblower movie that I've heard raves about. I have seen it. It stars, it has a very huge, well, it doesn't have a very huge cast. It has Keira Knightley, Matt Smith from Doctor Who, and Ray Fiennes. Oh, um, okay. And then also the Linda Ronstadt documentary. You forget how huge of a star Linda Ronstadt was. Oh, yeah. Oh, I don't because I had all her albums in in high in, uh college she was huge and then afterwards too and then she was always in rolling stone at that time that was when cameron crowe was writing mm-hmm. and that was when he's interviewed in the movie and that was when it was uh, uh covers were springsteen jackson brown linda ronstadt Eagles. and so forth yeah that was that rolling stones that was that era. beatles every time they could because jan winter was in love with john lennon yeah and it was like late you know, 79, 80, 81. She won a Grammy one of those years for Blue Bayou, and she just went up and said thank you. But her, <laughs> she was always nominated. Right. And then poor woman, 
she was at VP Fair. Was I think she? it might have. Yeah, because I saw her. It might have been the year after Elton John, mm-hmm. or two years after Elton John. Was she singing lots of Spanish stuff? No, no, she did her thing. She, she her voice just was so gorgeous, and unfortunately. She She's, can't sing anymore. She can't sing anymore. So the documentary is called Sound of My Voice. She has Parkinson's disease. We'll talk about that a lot next week. Yes. And then there's this one that we missed the screening of called Aquarella. Mm. I'm not going to be able to see Ad Astra either. Oh, that's in two weeks. Yeah, Never two mind. weeks. So the September 20th. So really, when fall kicks in September 20th, that's going to be the big push for movies because we have Downton Abbey, which I saw yesterday, uh-huh. and um, can't talk is, about it till my wife is going to see that. When is that next week? Yeah, the the I think the the I didn't the teens, watch the screenings. I didn't watch the series either. But uh, wait a minute, you went without seeing it, and did you follow everything along? Does it stand alone? Yes, it does. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was very impressed, but I I took my friend who's was like a huge rabid fan, mm-hmm. and then I have girlfriends who like were, were obsessed s- with it. So many in jokes. Well, I wouldn't know those. No, but, but did you ask your friend if there were in jokes? I yeah, and and I said, do you think it stands alone? And he thought he thought it would, but he also said it was like visiting old friends. Okay. So, but we'll talk about that because the embargo is is lifted September 9th. Okay. Well then. So I can't, you know, but I will say. Like Jim Bats didn't see it either, and Pete was all like, "You guys didn't watch?" I go, "You know, no, no, we didn't." And, but no, I have friends who are just rabid, and they dressed up in the hats and the thing, and had tea when it was like the final show, and they would, you know, they just loved all that stuff. And um, you know, I'm fine with, it. but but it goes through different generations, which is cool, and it has this great cast. But I got to shut up about it because I'll get in Quit trouble. Quit saying things yes. about it. Yes, and then we have on uh, streaming TV. Uh, there's, yes. is there? There isn't any big buzz thing on Netflix or Amazon right now. Uh, isn't Canary Row on Canary Row? That's on Amazon, I believe. Yeah, that's out. Could, uh, Orlando Bloom. Be. I was I was doing a search and. I didn't see it, but there's there's so many shows you just can't keep up. And then and the, the season fall, premieres are going to start. And then yeah, the season premieres, and boy, are they they are really pushing that Walton Goggins, the unicorn. Yeah, on CBS. He's a good actor. And they are p- pushing the Patricia Heaton, uh, you know, from Everybody Loves Raymond, mm-hmm. her second act. Well, they're also talking. Brad Pitt said the other day that you know how they did with uh, Hateful Eight, they made it into a miniseries. They have they originally once upon a time in Hollywood was going to be four and a half hours. They have enough material to do a mini series on that, and because you know they also said that they wanted to do more with the uh, fake western show, mm-hmm. they would incorporate that into that as well. Yeah, I heard that Quentin Tarantino shot a couple episodes of Bounty Hunter. Well, I don't think they. Oh, Bonnie Law. I don't know if they did or not. I think they, if they were to go ahead with this miniseries for Netflix, they would. Okay, and I hope they have Timothy Oliphant. Oh yeah, because they have a they have a whole bunch of characters that got cut out. Like uh, Tim Roth got cut out of the Mm -hmm. movie, and they say, "Sorry, Tim, you're out of the movie." It even says it as he gets a credit. Tim Roth parentheses cut. So yeah, because they love him because he's one of the original. Yes, and Reservoir um, Dog. So uh, some of the news that's come out about TV, Steve Croft is retiring from 60 Minutes this now, Sunday. Technically, he retired at the season finale of 60 Minutes back in May. 
But he said, when we come back next year, we're going to have a retrospective of my work, which is, you know, very... He was the one that actually had to announce it. I think Leslie Stahl is going to be hosting it this Sunday, and that will be the that'll lead into the season premiere of Sixty Minutes. Right. So that's good because he kind of took over for Mike Wallace when Mike Wallace left. Like he was the hard hitting. And so now, who's the hard Scott, hitting? Is it Scott Pelley? Is it Bill Whitaker? I am not sure. Is it Leslie? Well, Leslie can be hard hitting. So it's we'll not see. Anderson Cooper. <laughs> No. He does all the puff pieces. He does all the... They're not puff pieces. He does all the things that he likes. Yeah. Because he is on CNN. Right. He, he, yeah. 60 Minutes is his light work. Right. He does the news on CNN. He does the light work on 60 Minutes. You know, they were they were using Oprah a lot as a course. She quit. Oh, that's why you don't see her anymore. Because I was like, why isn't Oprah doing this? But Oprah might bring, bring back her show. There's talk of that. Well, she quit. She said they weren't... <laughs> She wanted to do things, and CBS News said no. And who tells Oprah no? So she quit. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, so, um, you know, she's one of my heroes, so mm-hmm. we'll, we'll talk about that later. But uh, we have SNL News, season 45, Leslie Jones is leaving. Yes, but Kate McKinnon and uh, Kenan Thompson are staying. Right. And, I'm and Eddie sure- Murphy's going to do stand-up after this. I know this will be cool. And then the first host is Woody Harrelson on September 28th. So mm-hmm. that's coming up. And then the flea bag creator, uh, Phoebe Waller Bridge, mm-hmm. October 5th. And then David Harbour of Stranger Things yes. is October 12th. And Hellboy. Yes. And then Kristen Stewart is November 2nd. She was really good her first time hosting. She was. That was one of my favorite episodes that year. And Eddie Murphy and Eddie. is going to end. The season with the great Christmas show on December 21st. But so, see, that's not everybody. That's that's only five weeks. Yeah, no, they just announced five hosts. Okay. They announced five hosts, and then uh, they didn't even um, announce the music guests for Kristen Stewart um, or Eddie. Well, I know I know Taylor Swift is going to do it with uh, Phoebe, I think. Okay. Or maybe I I don't I don't know who it is, but I know Chris, uh, Taylor Swift has been announced for one of them, and I think it's Phoebe. All right. Well, um, in uh, local news, the continuation of the Golden Anniversaries this weekend, Easy Rider, Diane Carson, our colleague in the St. Louis Film Critics, she's going to do the Q&A for Easy Rider. Good. And I'm not sure who's doing the one Sunday for, uh, oh, what's the other movie? I don't Is know. it The Learning Tree? I don't know. Might be. So those are free. One o'clock, the St. Louis Public Library. Uh, you get a great movie, and you get to d- get to participate in a discussion about it if mm-hmm. you want. And it's brought to you by Cinema St. Louis. And they're going to do. Oh, they just changed the venue for where they're going to do that. Chris Clark. To Chris. Yeah, Chris Clark, who is one of the stalwarts of cinema in this town. He is a great guy. He programs. So hard, oh, so much of Cinema St. Louis's uh, programming as the artistic director. He has to watch all the submissions mm-hmm. of uh, for Sliff and for St. Louis Filmmakers Showcase. I work with him as a, you know, I'm on the, panel. on the panel. Yes. It's now going to be at the Mahler Ballroom on Washington Boulevard. On, on September 14th. A week from this and, weekend. And Liz Schuster from Tenacious Eats has planned Chef Liz. A menu, and uh, they're going to show the movie Dinner Rush. Dinner Rush. 
which was the first movie he programmed for Slef. But it's also a good movie to show for, you know, if you're a foodie. 20 seasons ago. Right. And so, uh, yeah. And uh, uh, Slef is going to be November 7th through 17th. And I always look forward to it. It's always just such a such a blast to see, um, you know, what, what they're going to open with and mm-hmm. what they're going to have. And uh, uh, we participate on juries, the St. Louis Film Critics, for the Joe Pollock Award and mm-hmm. the Joe Williams Award. And so uh, we, we, um, we take great pride in that. And so we've got a documentary jury and a uh, international, no, a narrative feature jury. And I'm going to talk about Alice's Restaurant. Yes. We don't know what what day that movie is, but that's going to be part of the golden anniversaries. Uh, they're going to do it slip. They're going to have, they shoot horses, don't they? Tom. Uh, the dance-off movie. Yeah. Tom uh, Stockman's going to introduce that. And I'm going to introduce Alice's Restaurant because I'm probably the, the, uh, well, besides Martha and Diane, um, that I was around and did see the original movie back in the day, and they never, hardly ever show it. No, they don't. And it's sad because it has become a ritual on Thanksgiving for many radio stations. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm but aware. the but the movie by Arthur Penn is really good. So it's very much cultural touchstone. And then on TCM, which. Don't you love that channel? I, I love do. That channel. Um, they're doing a hundred years of a United Artist, and they were just having a big Bond fest last, a Bond marathon last night, and I watched Goldfinger really? while I was writing. Yeah, and I forgot how powerful that scene is when Shirley Eaton, uh, you know, James Bond goes to the fridge to get some more, you know, champagne or something, and and he gets knocked out by Odd Job, and he wakes up and he goes into the uh, bedroom and there she is all painted gold mm-hmm. that's quite a shock for 1964 well you don't see anything no but i'm just saying and then you know the the urban legend back when we didn't have <laughs> internet died. was that she died of asphyxiation but if they kept they kept one little piece of her so she wouldn't die which is also a myth because MythBusters tried it out and you could be fine okay. but they did keep a little part of her ankle Claire. Right, right. Just or the lower case. back mm-hmm. or something. Well, Buddy Ebs, uh, Buddy Epson was... He had a, an allergic reaction to that. He would have been the Tin Man, but he was allergic to the makeup. Right. But they had to rush him to the hospital. Yeah. So back when they didn't have internet, you know, you couldn't disprove all this stuff. So it was well, wild. And then after Goldfinger, she didn't work that much. Well, you know, also, uh, speaking of TCM, uh, they are having an event on Thursday, September 26th at the Tivoli. Meet me in St. Louis with Margaret O'Brien. But that is sold out. That's right. They announced that right away. Yeah. And, but, and they announced that it was sold out right away, too. Yeah. And so uh, that's really interesting. I um, love TCM. Because it's fall and we start thinking more horror movies, more fall movies. That Halloween from last year was one of my favorite movies. I loved the Danny McBride, David Gordon Green reboot. And they're back at it for Halloween Kills. And that's for next October. And uh, they just announced that Anthony, that Michael Anthony Hall, or is it Anthony Michael Hall? Michael Anthony Hall. Michael Anthony Hall. One of those three named people. Anthony Michael Hall. It's yeah. Anthony Michael Hall. And I had that I had that wrong. I thought, wait a minute. Anthony Michael Hall. Hall. Yeah. The geek from Sixteen Candles and Rusty. And the Dead Zone. Speaking and, yeah. of Stephen King. Right. And the first Rusty in National Lampoon's Vacation. Yes. 
um, he's joining Jamie Lee Curtis, and he is going to be the Tommy son. Doyle. The son that uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's character, uh, Lori, was babysitting the night of the Halloween murders. Right. So he's all grown up. Well, yeah. Yeah. And so... Uh, and he's actually age appropriate for that. Yes. And they're going to be filming uh, another sequel back-to-back, Halloween Ends. But oh. that's not until 2021. Good. <laughs> 21, 20, mm-hmm. 2021. 2021. Yeah. But that's, you know, if you think of fall movies, that's like the quintessential fall movie, that first Halloween. Mm-hmm. So. All right. That's all I got. That's it. Carl. Uh, next week, we will be talking about official secrets and Linda Ronstadt because they're not showing us the goldfinch. No. Spoiler and- alert. He stole the painting. It's a book. I know. I didn't read the book. Well, that's not, I know when books. It's in the trailer that they show that yeah. he stole the well, painting. Well, when books are come to me, it's fair game because then everybody who read the book knows what happens. Right. So, spoiler alert. He stole the book. I mean, he, st- he stole the painting. But that is not, because act- I read the book, that is not the difference maker of the movie. Okay. Or the story. Well, but I don't know what they did because they're not showing it for us. I know. Sometimes you don't even want to go pay to see a movie when they don't screen it for us, but that's just personal about, like, you know, making it available. But that's such a life of of Market 23. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Well, listen, have a wonderful weekend, Carl. And you too, Lynn. Thank you. And thanks for listening. We appreciate your... What do we call it? Patronage. Patronage. Your your, uh, Your ears. Yeah, we appreciate the time that you take to listen. Because we took time to say it for you. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody.